Welcome back everyone to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua Dub underscore Stamper. Aspire listeners, I am so excited for this episode because I get to have a good friend, someone who was on the Aspire to Lead podcast before, and he's just amazing. I can't say more about this guy. He is a phenomenal teacher, leader, and he just wrote a brand new book, Lights, Cameras, Teach. I have the fantastic Kevin Butler with me. Kevin, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great now, man. I got to see you in 2019, and we, we've, I had you on the podcast not too long after, and then I haven't seen you in a little while. It's great to see you oh, and great. have a chance to talk with you, and I'm so excited to to dive into your book. But before we do that, do you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself and what you're up to? Sure. So I have just entered my 20th year of being a classroom teacher, which I'm super excited about. Um, The first, the majority, the first 12 years or so were spent uh, in New York teaching at a public school. And then eight years ago, I had an opportunity to come out to Los Angeles, where I am right now, to originally, it was only for a year to consult and be a founding teacher for a startup school. That turned into two years, and then I decided to go to an independent school here in the uh, Los Angeles, uh, where I was not just a full-time teacher, but I also served as the director of curriculum and instruction. So I wore two hats, okay. uh, learned a lot, and then this year I am back in the classroom uh, full-time, teaching sixth grade for the first time ever. Sixth graders, you're in the it's- middle school world. Welcome, buddy. Yes, it's the I'm I'm teaching uh, language arts, so I'm departmentalized. I've never experienced that before, so I'm trying to navigate all all of that. <laughs> Very different. Very different. Totally different world. And uh, I'm glad you're getting that experience too, because you are just a phenomenal teacher. And we're gonna get a chance to learn a little bit about what you do each and every day, because and I can see the cover behind you. I have it in my hands right now, this, this fantastic book. So I want to know the, the why behind Lights, Cameras, Teach. You know, what was the inspiration behind this fantastic resource? Yeah, so the, the original inspiration kind of came from uh, teaching here in Los Angeles and like getting like a behind the scenes look into like TV and movie production. So the book starts off really comparing directors of blockbuster movies to classroom teachers. And some people might think they have nothing to do with each other, Mm -hmm. but they have a lot of things in common. And the the major things that they have in common is that a director of a blockbuster movie has to collaborate and communicate with so many different people. They have to communicate with writers and producers and stagehands, the actors. And similar to us as teachers, we have to do the same thing. We have to obviously communicate and work with our students, but we also have to reach out and work with our colleagues, with um, our administrators, with parents. So that's kind of how the book started off. And I kind of want to break down the book, if you don't mind. You have set it up so beautifully. It's in three different acts. And the first one is uniting the cast. And you kind of talked a little bit about that just with your intro to the book. But, you know, as a classroom teacher, you know, what is that first act all about? Yeah, so the first act is all about the engagement piece. So that's like the teaching piece. When I have the opportunity to speak at schools or at at conferences, that's kind of what my emphasis is, is Mm -hmm. that idea I call like active learning, like really getting kids engaged. And I talk about some of my bigger lessons that sometimes I share on social media, like simulations where I literally transform the classroom. 
But I think the focus of the book is really the smaller things that I do in that, in that act. And I really break it down step by step. And I talk about how you can, you know, I taught fifth grade, but how could, you know, a second grade teacher do this? How could a high school teacher do this? Um, and just giving those ideas, giving those breakdowns of that engagement piece. Yeah. And in the book, I love it. You have photos of like how you've transformed your classroom and then even yourself in some of these lessons. And, you know, it's fun because I've heard you speak on the topic, but to see it, you know, in a photograph, is totally different. So, you know, what are some fun things that you've done with those lessons to kind of transform your classroom into something completely different? Yeah, I mean, if there's a day for a costume change, it's a good day. So <laughs> lots of costume changes, just like getting dressed up. And I talk about in the book, like, yeah, I will, you know, dress up from head to toe, you know, in Hamilton to teach an Ameri- you know, a lesson on, you know, the American Revolution. But you don't have to go that crazy. Like, yeah. maybe it's just a hat. Maybe it's just, you know, a background on, on, a, on your board in the front of the classroom, um, you know. So there are those times where I will literally transfer my classroom to look, you know, something I usually do in the beginning of the year uh, in social studies when we are talking about geography, like I will turn the classroom into a cruise ship. And, you know, I have everything from like seagull noises in the background to like putting suntan lotion on so you get that smell. Um, So it's just the little things, those little details that kind of get kids excited about, you know, I tell them, oh, we're going on, a, you know, I just mention it like a couple, couple of weeks before, oh, we're going on our first field trip, we're going to be going on a cruise. And it's all connecting to like being able to read a map and using latitude and longitude. Um, and at first, they, it just goes from one ear out the other. But as we get closer, I say, you know, every year I have to call home because somebody gets lost on our cruise. And, they, <laughs> and then that you get their attention and they don't quite, they know we're not going on a cruise, they're fifth graders, but like they're not quite sure what they're going to walk into the next day. And that, that's another part of the book where I share like, don't give all of your secrets away. You kind of, kids today, they're, just, they're, they're used to being entertained. Yeah. Um, and I think even on the back of the cover of the book, I, I, it says, you know, Every lesson does not need to be action-packed, but there has to be like a little suspense or mystery about it. Mm-hmm. I think as educators, that's how we can, it's, it's a hook. It's just to pull them in a little bit. Right. No, it's so important because, you know, they're, they're so used to just getting information just fed to them. You know, yep. and, and where you put the little mystery or the little question in their mind, then the curiosity starts to build. And I love that because you're not only setting up the lesson in various techniques, but you're also you know, putting things in the classroom that also is kind of a mystery to, you know, figure out, okay, what's going on. So that's the second set is on set. So what is that act all about? Right. So that the middle part then gets into the the culture of the actual classroom, like that climate that we're creating. And how do we build really relationships with our students? What does that look like? Everything from just the way your classroom is designed to you know those those daily interactions that we have with kids um, i talk a little bit about the way i start my day i call it the the morning coho show where i get to pick a student and it's really just a morning meeting and it's just five or ten minutes each day but a student comes up and they they kind of run our morning meeting for us and they, they get to decide what they want to talk about we have a question of the day that students respond to we play some type of game that's usually guided by me but again it's kind of just building that that culture in the classroom that it's a safe place for everybody so important and that's something you can do in elementary or in secondary is making sure that you have time 
for folks to feel like they belong and have an opportunity to share about themselves and make some connections with other people in the classroom. And I personally loved Act Two. That's something dear to my heart of, of making sure that we're touching the lives of our students in the social emotional learning aspect. And then there's the third and last act, which is distribution. That's, I think, the root of the importance of collaborating and building those relationships outside of our classroom. So I touch upon it in that middle section of the book, but I'm touching upon it with within the, the four walls of our classroom. That last act is how do you know, there's so many books that I've read, great books that I've said, you know, here's what you could do to create, you know, that climate, that engagement, but like, you just have to shut the door and not worry about what people are saying outside. Right. This kind of is the opposite where I kind of invite educators to open the door because it could be a very lonely profession, even though we're surrounded by whether you teach 25 kids or 125 kids, it could be very lonely if you keep that door shut. Yeah. And I talk about opening that door and not everybody's going to walk into, into your room and that's totally okay. But even if you just get one person, to walk into the classroom. How do we build those relationships with the people we work with? And it doesn't necessarily even have to be with other teachers. I think automatically we think of how can I collaborate with the math teacher or the English teacher, but how can we collaborate with other people in our school? I talk about, you know, in, in the school that I was just working at, the head of the facilities department was in my classroom all the time. And he was, he was a a, a valuable part of our classroom culture. Mm-hmm. So like, how can we incorporate those things? How can you bring parents into your classroom? Some, for some of us, it's very uncomfortable to have parents there, but how can we collaborate with them? Maybe it's not physically, for, because for the past two years, we many of us couldn't yeah. have parents in our classrooms, but how are we engaging them as well? Um, how are we sharing our expectations with them? So that's what that last part is all about. Such an important piece there. And you know, talking about opening the door, you did that in this book and you did a great job of allowing other people to share within the book and contribute. And you don't only have educators, but you actually have some of your students in there also. Yeah, I have about um, a dozen of my former students, their voices too. And it's funny when I first reached out to them and some of them are in college, actually some of them are, two of them are teachers right now. Uh, they're just kids. <laughs> so you have a big span of ages. And when I first reached out to them, they all said, oh yes, I'll do it, I'll do it. But they like basically just wrote like, oh, Mr. Butler was my favorite te- teacher. His class was so cool. I'm like, nope, that's not what I want. That's <laughs> no one wants to read that in a book. I said, people want to hear from your viewpoint, your perspective, what makes a blockbuster classroom? So it's not just them talking about my class per se, but like overall their school experience, the things that they remember. And as much as we want them to remember that fraction lesson that we worked so hard planning, like they don't remember those things. They remember the little things like, you know, I stand out old school in front of the classroom door every morning and I greet kids as they walk in. And like, those are, they, they remembered the high fives, you know, those are the things that kids take away. So it was, it was neat to incorporate their voices into the book as well. Well, I absolutely love this book. Lights, cameras, teach. I have a small contribution in the book, so I might be biased folks, but it is a fantastic book. I'm a huge Kevin Butler fan and uh, it is such an honor to even be associated with this project, but I'm going to have a link in the show notes. So make sure that you check this out immediately. Kevin, we're not done with our conversation, though, because I want to pivot to something that I know you're passionate about is, you know, so many people are going back to the classroom, I think all across the country, everyone's starting school now. And, you know, 
the reigniting of just the love of teaching, you know, for some it's it's been really hard, even though they've had a break coming back, you know, some folks are just realizing like, you know, the passion may not be as strong as it used to be. And, and there's frustration in that. So I'm just curious if you have any tips for them, you know, to help them through that process. Yeah, that, that, I actually start the book out being very honest, not ignoring the obvious elephant in the room that yeah. we, we are losing some of the best educators People who are my own friends are leaving the classroom, not just from the last two years of COVID, but things that even were, were happening prior to COVID. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to use this book to reignite people's passions for education and talk about just things that we can do as educators to, to move, and maybe agenda is not the best word, but a better agenda on how can we improve the educational system in the United States. And again, it's not necessarily these big things. It's as simple as like getting out and voting on your local representatives. Like yep. it's, you know, those things are so important and things are not, not going to be fixed overnight. But, you know, during COVID, I think we all saw, saw how, not even from town to town, but within zip codes, just the disparity in resources that schools had. It, it, a light was shown on those things and it's time it's time to fix them and we as educators we kind of have that that power and i think now's the time it was two really tough years last year it was probably more tough than than 2020 in my opinion because mm -hmm. things were constantly changing there was yeah. just no continuity anywhere i think now's the time that we need to kind of forge ahead i know it's easier said than done but i list just some simple things that you can do again, leaning on you know the your school community, you know, reaching out to people. Um, so I think those things are super important. So Kevin, if someone is listening right now and they're feeling that right, maybe they feel like they're on an island, they're lonely, they don't have that community. Where could they possibly go to find some folks that might help them, you know, find that passion again? You know, something I did at my school, like just doing like a book club, something like simple. Again, not you might not have a ton of people, but even if it's just two or three people that, you know, maybe before school, after school, on the weekends, like, you know, reading a similar book, it doesn't even have to be educational based. Yeah. Um, but like starting that and, you know, when we start a little, you know, there's a little flame, flames grow into fires. So, you know, I think starting just trying to find one or two people to connect with, and then taking it from there. I'm a strong believer in like, slow and steady wins the race. Um, I, I talk about that in the book too. Like I share a lot of ideas, but I'm sharing 20 years worth of ideas. Yeah. Like you cannot implement 20 years worth of ideas in one year. Like you've got to try one or two things and then next year add one or two more things, you know? I think that's pretty much in line with your book because there's so much, you know, different things and techniques and strategies in the book that if you tried everything, you would just, you would get burnt out literally. <laughs> right. And I think that, the, the theme that you will constantly see in some, some paragraphs and sentences end with just two words, relationships matter. Yeah. And I think that goes back to your previous question is just trying to make those connections with one or two people in your school, because that is what is going to get you through the long, you know, the year or the years of being a teacher. Yeah. No, it's so true. You know, when you think about making connections and relationships, it so often is teacher to student, but right. it should also be teacher to teacher. Yep. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. 
Well, you talked about a book study, and I know your book has been used quite often lately for that. So if someone is looking to do a school-wide book club, what could they do You know, using your book for a resource? Yeah, I purposely ended each chapter with like action pages so that if it is being used as either a book club or for a PLC, any type of discussion, those action questions are there to get you to talk about what was in that chapter with other people. Again, a lot of it has to do with perspective, getting to know, you know, we all think that we have it, you know, the worst, but getting into that mindset that everybody has different challenges um, and getting to talk to people that way. That's what those action pages are for. And if they're actually trying things out in the classroom, they should share it out, right? Definitely. Tag Kevin. Yes. Make sure he knows because you do so much on social media in regards to what you do. You know, when you talk about open the door, you know, I love following you because it's constant that you're trying new things and you're not hiding behind a closed door. You're sharing out, you know, to the world to see that maybe someone else can take action like you are in the classroom. Are you excited that in-person conferences are back? I know I am. In fact, I'm excited to announce that I'll be at the 2022 Teach Better Conference this October 14th and 15th in Akron, Ohio. I'll be recording episodes live in Podcast Row, attending sessions, speaking, and connecting with a whole bunch of amazing educators. It would be awesome if you could join us. Head over to teachbetterconference.com register and use the code ASPIRE2022 to save $50 off your two-day registration. I hope to see you in October. All right, man, I want to talk about what you're doing around the country because I swear every time I see you, you're somewhere new, speaking, presenting. So, you know, if someone is looking for someone to, you know, bring into their campus, their district, you know, what are some things that you love to, to speak on? I love getting into school. I love speaking at conferences, but my favorite thing is actually getting into schools yeah. and getting to work with teachers, like right on the ground with them. Um, a lot of it prior to this book was just that engagement piece. Um, but now I've kind of built out a whole little session where it kind of incorporates those three acts. You know, there is that engagement piece. There is that collaborate. How, do, how can we collaborate? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how can we build those relationships with the people that we work with? And then I see the book right behind you there, Teach Better. I'll be at Teach Better <laughs> 22 in October. Well, if, if you're going to talk about it, I mean, I'm pretty excited. So I have a podcast <laughs> row that I've built. And we've got 14 podcasters. I don't know if you remember in 2019, we just had a small little corner. I think there was like three different podcasts in that little small space. And now we have this gigantic room with glass windows out to the courtyard where everyone's going to be walking in. It's it's a beautiful space. And I'm just curious, what are you most excited about for Teach Better 22? I've shared this story a couple of times, even with, with Ray and Jeff on teach better things. I went to teach better 19, not knowing a soul. I went, I'd never been to Ohio before. Yep. Um, Me neither. <laughs> and I, I walked in there like knowing I knew of these people, but I had never met them in person. And it was truly the best conference I ever attended that I ever spoke at. It is just legit people just wanting to learn. There was no attitude. There was no one thinking they were better than there were somebody else. There was no drama. Um, what I loved about it was the idea that at the end of each day, like we went out somewhere yeah. and people were just chit-chatting and talking and welcoming. This book was kind of kind of born there a little bit because I, I was it. talking with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, 
So it, it was just an incredible, I'm not getting paid to, <laughs> to say any of this. I'm just, I'm so excited that it's back and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's just a great way to, to connect with people from all different, you know, subject areas from the East Coast to the West Coast to the North to the South. It was, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, we got some folks coming from Canada, man. We, we're oh, we're nice. going global now. But no, I, I remember meeting you for the first time the night before the conference. I don't know if you remember this. You yeah. were in the main space and you're helping, you're blowing up balloons. Yep. And someone's like, Kevin Butler's in there. I was like, where? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know where you were at. And I was like putting up tables, I think, too. I came early and I, I started help setting up. Um, I didn't. That was the first time I met Jeff and Ray and Chad that night. I didn't know them other than through social media and um, I just was kind of looking for something to do and it was great to connect with you that evening and, and with the team and man, it, it feels like so long ago, but um, that's where a lot of things were born and in fact, my my own book was born during that conference too. So, And I can't wait for you to, to be there at the conference in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's coming up soon and will you be joining us on Podcast Row? I, I guess so. Why not? Come on, man. You got to be on a bunch of podcasts Do together it. too. Yeah. Excited for your session there. Is your session on your book? Yes, it will be. It's brand new. It'll be the first time I actually rewrote. Um, I kind of pre- did a little bit of speaking this summer where I had parts of it, but at Teach Better, it's going to be all together in one big one big thing. And what's a little bit different about it, it is very like workshop based. Mm-hmm. So if you come to this session, like you'll actually, because I talk about active learning. So a lot of the things that I talk about, the people who are sitting there will actually be doing. So it's not just sitting and listening. It's actually doing the things and experiencing them yourself. Well, that's right up your alley. You're very interactive. And that's, I know anyone that's going to be in that session is going to absolutely love it. Kevin, um, you know this because you've been on the podcast before, but I love giving actionable items to leaders. So if there's an aspiring or current leader that's listening, if there's something they could do tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do? Just listen to your teachers, um, respect their time. That's something we're all struggling with in the education world. There is not enough time. And now we have studies coming out how, you know, they're saying that kids are so far behind in reading and math, and that puts extra stress on us. So I think if leaders can just take some time to listen to their teachers and just respect their time, let them be in their classroom as much as they can, I think that's the one thing I would tell them. It's very, very true. And it's something that I think all leaders forget sometimes is just how stressful it is for everyone involved in education. So that's wonderfully said. Kevin, if someone's listening and wants to connect with you, how may they connect with you on social media? Super easy because it's the Kevin J Butler, whether you're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all the same Um, website, same thing, but kevinjbutler.com. Awesome. And email kevinjbutler at gmail.com. Perfect. So make sure you're reaching out. Make sure you also pick up his book, his latest book, Lights, Cameras, Teach. And Kevin is a fantastic resource. So reach out if you have any questions, if you're looking for some tips in the classroom, looking for you know strategies, engagement, whatnot. And of course, he is going all around the country speaking. So make sure you're booking him for your latest keynote or if you are looking for a session for your teachers in regards to awesome lessons in the classroom. He does a fantastic job. I am so lucky to not only be connected with you, Kevin, but to have you on the podcast multiple times and to see you in a couple weeks at Teach Better 22. Thank you so much for being on the Aspire to Lead podcast. Thank you. 